Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it on this second Sunday of this new year. We continue to worship our God, who is the same God today as he was the year before. And again, he'll be forever, for he's eternally good. His mercy endures forever. His love never ends. And so as we worship our God together, we want to welcome you to join us as we worship him in spirit and in truth and in fellowship with a little something like this. Oh, 
Translation Word of God says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. 
To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Praise God for his word. Amen. Let us see the worship our God. Thank you. 
we may grow and mature to be the mighty men and the mighty women of God you formed us to be. And Lord, we pray that a word goes out to those who may not have heard of the word of Jesus today and that they, my hearts will be convicted and transformed by the work of your spirit, uh, that they will say, I want to know this Jesus, and that they may confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord today. God, have your way right here in this space, in this moment. We give it all to you. Speak, Lord. Amen. As we continue walking through this book of Jonah, beginning of this year, as we look at this text, we are familiar with one part of the story, right? Jonah being swallowed by the fish. But I want to highlight also the character and the poverty of our God that is described in this text as kind of a underlining theme, if you will. Uh, that's not mentioned in this first chapter, but it's implied when we look in John, the fourth chapter, second verse. I read to, to that in our here New Living Translation says, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarsus. I knew that you are a merciful God, and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to run 
you are eager to turn back from destroying people. And so when we understand that Jonah knew this quality and the character of our God, who is slow to get angry, who is filled with unfailing love, that Jonah, with that in mind, purposely rejected the message that God has given him to go to the people in Nineveh. For him to do that helps us to understand that he did it because he did not want God to show grace, to show mercy and compassion on the people he did not like. I want to make this be a warning for us that we don't get called up, that we're not concerned with people that we disagree with, those we don't like, those we don't fellowship with, those we do not communicate with, and, and think about how they don't hinder us but realizing that we are all part of God's creation and God loves us all and he teaches us and, and corrects, and I'm sorry, he teaches us and has commanded us to love one another. And so I've been dealing with that. I want to point out that when we don't love one another, oftentimes we're running into problems we don't have to deal with. We are making issues for ourselves that could have been easily uh, avoided if we just simply followed the Lord. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, running from God basically means you're running from what's good, what's just, what's right. Uh, you're running from love. You're running from grace. You're running from mercy. And my question is, what are you running to? Anything that is opposite of God is not a good thing. God is good. God is righteous. God is love. I think if we keep on going on about who God is, right, we'll say that's where I want to be. But yet in times of our anger, in times of our blind frustration, we have limited our understanding and our knowledge of who we know God to be. If you are running from God, you're running from what is good, you're running from what is righteous, you're running from something, you're heading to another destination. And that destination that you may be running to may have more problems and issues uh, that you have not planned for. You will do good in seeking after the Lord. You will do good in chasing after him. You will do good in running from him because you cannot outrun God. You can't run from God's presence. Psalms 37, 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Yes, Lord, order our steps. Guide us, Almighty God, as we're trusting you and, 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 and depending on you, and you will make crooked paths straight. You will make our feet like hinds heel of deer that we can climb up the rough side of the mountain, not slip, nor stumble, nor fall. May we find pleasure in his presence and not run from his presence. Think about it. That's where we begin our text today. Uh, that Jonah ran from God's presence. Jonah uh, did not want to go where God had sent him. So Jonah went the opposite direction. Jonah was trying to go as far away as he could. Our morning meditation of scripture, we read uh, Psalm 139 and verse 7 of that psalm says, I can never escape from your spirit. 
I can never get away from your presence. Jonah being a prophet of God, knowing the word of God, had to know this word. But yet oftentimes, a lot of times when we know something, but we don't do what we know to be right. When we get angry, when we get frustrated, it's amazing how we lock up the working of our brain that we don't work and act as rational as we should. We know how we said it. I don't know what I was thinking. When we got angry, that is true. We didn't know what we were thinking. We allowed that lower part, the primal part of our brain to fight and flee to take out. And we, we can just slow ourselves down and take some deep breaths and calm down and meditate and think before we act. We might make more rational decisions than these impulse decisions. However, John is running, not thinking rationally, in his anger with, with God. And God having come, and his reason he's angry with God because God has compassion for his enemies, for Nineveh. Jonah is so blind with rage, he's unable to think rationally that he flees in the opposite direction to not be used by God to preach the word of God. But verse 4 helps us to understand what we pick up now. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was a sound asleep down in the hole. Disobeying God causes damages. Look at this text here. Jonah is asleep. The sailors that agreed to take him on after he paid his fee is now throwing the precious cargo over the board, overboard, off the boat, and able to better steady the boat through the storm. Let me highlight something here, that when we find out when our life is in danger, you find out how other things don't matter as much. Y'all don't hear me? Uh, if, if your baby is drowning in the water, you're not looking, can I give me a bathing suit? Y'all don't hear me? You're going to jump in with everything you got on. And if that phone don't work, oh, well, as long as my baby's alive, that's what matters. Uh, we understand that when something needs to be done, we forego everything and just try for it because we realize what matters most. We've seen people run into hot fire buildings to save a life, knowing that I'm putting my life in danger. But if I can save somebody else's life, I'm willing to take that risk. But here we find Jonah don't care about nobody but himself. Down there, I can imagine him being rocked by the boat, keeping him in deep sleep, while everybody else is frantically trying to say, how can we save ourselves from the storm? Also, I want to highlight here that Jonah says that in, in verse uh, 3, right, but Jonah went in the opposite direction. Verse 4 of the New Testament says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea. I like the verbiage here, how God cast a storm or he threw a storm, showing the action of our God, letting Jonah know that this is because of you. Uh, notice again about writing of this text here. I can imagine if Jonah is the author of this text, uh, how humble he must be now, because this is not a glowing representation of him. For him to put down how he was willingly disobeying God. He willingly fought against God. And God had to teach him a lesson of casting him into a storm 
as he's trying to go in the wrong direction. This storm came from God with the intent of halting Jonah from going any further. Y'all catch that? He let Jonah go far enough, but he says, now that's enough. Uh, you need to turn back now. And if you're not going to turn back and understand what I'm calling you to, let me give you some encouragement. <laughs> let me send out this storm. This storm also served to show the sinners that there is no God like Adonai, like Yahweh, the God of Israel. The sailors and Jonah have had faith in their own limited ability. Jonah had faith enough that if I can get on this boat, that will get me to another direction. The people on the boat have faith enough in themselves that we sail these seas. We know how to get to the other side. But once they ran into their limit, when they had no control over the wheat, uh, over the wind, over the water, over the waves, and start realizing that there's nothing we can do to change this. Jonah maybe possibly had some time to calm himself down in his anger, in his break. But the Bible tells us that he is sound asleep. I was trying to do some research and try to figure out about some of the emotional kind of the uh, uh, emotional dealing with of people going to sleep. And sometimes people deal with stress by falling asleep. Uh, that is their fight or flight or rest mentality. You might know some people that I was reading about how they get so stretched out in a fight that they start yawning because they can't take it. And so their, 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 their defense mechanism is that I just go to sleep. It's not that they don't care about what's going on, but their body is so overwhelmed and so stressed that the body has been trained now that I will just fall asleep. And that's how they deal with it. But there are some times that some people get so fed up in rage and anger that after they got over the rage and the anger, they're so exhausted, all they can do is sleep. And so here it is that Jonah is asleep. How could Jonah be sound asleep? Well, maybe because that was his defense mechanism of dealing with the stress of God calling him to go preach to people he do not like. That he said, I'll just go to sleep and try to escape it by resting here. Because not only was he trying to escape it from rest, but also he's trying to escape from not being in that position. Maybe Jonah is, re is resting now because that his body has just been exhausted from that travel, from leaving and rising up and getting onto the boat to go into Tarsus. Or maybe he's just tired. But either way, we want to highlight the contrast here is that Jonah is asleep. Those who are trying to get to the other side are fighting for their lives. What we do know is that Jonah knows the reason they're in this mess. Back in our Bible, chapter 1, verse 6 says, So the captain went down after him. I can imagine the captain doing head count. Said, where's that cat that paid to get on this boat? He's not helping us. What, what's going on? Let's go check with him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. Isn't that something? They, they were fearing for their lives. Verse 5 says, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And so basically the captain's taking account has all gods been accounted for. All right, your God, your God, your God. Wait a minute, there's one God who has not prayed to his God 
and we haven't had relief here. Y'all, y'all see what's happening here. And so, again, remember, the quality, the quality and the character of our God, not only is the storm to stop Jonah from going so far, but also the storm serves to share with those sailors that there's only one God who's worthy of their time and their praise. Well, I'm going to help somebody out today that you might be going through some trials and some tribulations. And many of them may not be of your responsibility, but some of them may be cause of our own decisions, our own actions. But yet through it all, it's an opportunity for us to still see that God is still God. That God is still in control. That God has not given up on us. God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. Even though we may be doing some things we should not be doing, it does not hinder, it does not stop from our God moving and speaking in our lives. Isn't that good news to know that no matter what you're going through, even when you willfully disobey God, run from his presence, that God is still able to let you know, remind you that he still is God. That he still is sovereign. He still is in control. And so here it is. Jonah is finding out that he's causing trouble just by running from God. When they did it, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. I can just imagine being Jonah at that moment in time when you know you're guilty. But you want to find out does everybody else know that you're guilty? And so the lots get done, he's like, oh, snap, they all know. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. Okay, okay. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? And what country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered him, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. That's powerful. They they, they looked at him and asked him, who are you? Where you come from? Who your people? (laughs) What's your nationality, right? And so Jonah tells them who he is. This is pointing out the providence of God. Uh, the providence is ex- the expression of the divine will and power and goodness through which the creator preserves creatures, cooperates with what is coming to pass through their actions and God's creatures in their long-range purpose. And so what I highlight here about the providence of God, that God has a plan and purpose and he permits, he allows many people and creatures to be a part of his purpose. God's will for the word, the message to be preached in Nineveh, God's promise was that he called Jonah. So God in his sovereignty chose Jonah. He could have chose somebody else, but he chose Jonah to be his vessel to accomplish his goal. Now, and able to accomplish this goal, God has enacted the wind and the waves to cause a storm to get Jonah back on the right path. God is also seeking to help Jonah from making the wrong decision, but to do the right thing and turn back to God. My God, how awesome it is that we have a God that will do this to make us turn back to him. Hmm. You know how some people say, don't go through all the trouble. (laughs) And so here it is that Jonah, this one prophet, that God wants to use to make an impact in a great city in Nineveh. Jonah 
doesn't think they're worth it. But God thinks they're worth it. And also God thinks Jonah is worth it. Think about it. A great multitude of people is worth to hear a message of God. And also Jonah is worthy of God's attention. Oh, we serve a great God. There's some people out there that think that God is not concerned about them, but God is concerned about you as he's concerned about a whole population, a whole nation. Our God is concerned about all his children. And so the thing is, is that if you're thinking God is not concerned about you and that leads you to run away from him, my question is, why are you running? What does someone else have to offer you that's better than God? Is running from God giving you peace or are you handling and dealing with some storms that otherwise you would not be handling if you did not go in this direction? Jonah finds out the hard way uh, that you can't fight against God. Uh, you can't box God and win. Look what happens here as Jonah expresses to them who he is and what is going on. Verse 10 of this first chapter says the sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. <laughs> they already understand like if you serve a God that's over the heavens and the earth, over the water and the sea, why in the world will you run from him? Where can you run from? Where can you hide from? Remember, in our anger, in our frustration, sometimes in our stress, we make stupid decisions, irrational decisions. Jonah, in his anger, was not thinking rationally. He's thinking like, well, God, I'll run away from your presence, but I can't run from your presence, God. You are the God of everything. But yet Jonah and his anger and his single-mindedness thought about if I just get here, God will leave me alone. When we are not thinking correctly, we are limiting ourselves of fully comprehending and understanding what is going on in our lives. And Jonah was not fully comprehending in his anger and his frustration. All he was thinking was one thing, I've got to get away. But now he's sobering up. And since the storm was getting, verse 11, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. That sobering statement there. I told you that possibly Jonah had some time to think while he was resting some time to himself and start thinking about, uh, I'm, I'm causing these troubles. I'm causing these problems. Everything that you guys are dealing with is my fault. When we can understand in our lives that when we have rebelled against God, we made uh, bad decisions that we are not only hurting ourselves, but we might hurt those around us. That's the, that's the thing that God teaches that the church is the body. And so if I am sinning and I'm part of the body, I'm hurting the body. And so that's why we're looking at this text that we don't want to be like Jonah, that we're not concerned about some people that we don't like, that we don't care for, not understanding that my apathy does not change the impact they still have on me. 
we're dealing with some issues in our lives, in our community, in our country, because some people are not willing to invest in people or situations or cultures or ethnicities because they don't look like them. But then they want to complain when things don't get better. And so how is it that you want things to get better, but you're not investing and you're not working to help things to get better? God wanted Nineveh to get better. He said, Jonah, I need you to go and be there and minister to these people. Though you don't like them, though you don't agree with their lifestyle, but yet if you can preach my gospel to them and their hearts will change, then they will be part of the blessing. Mm. Mm. But sometimes we see some people that don't want people to have blessings. They don't want to see people to do well. They don't want to see people to receive God's grace and mercy. May we not be like Jonah. That we would say, throw me overboard. Mm. Look what happens here, though. They don't want to throw him overboard. Look at verse 13. Instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Now, as I'm looking at this, I'm trying to think, you know, they're, they're, they're sailing away from where he needs to be. And so I'm trying to think, like, where's this land they're trying to come to, right? Uh, and, you know, it, it's hard work to turn a ship around. <laughs> they don't just turn around like you can turn a car and do a three-step turn. So, so, so the land is still trying to get there. It's just like, hey, can we stop short somewhere and let this storm come over? God is pointing out that, that, that that's not an option. The option is not for you to get on land somewhere for Jonah to continue to go somewhere else. No, no, no. Jonah needs to get himself back where I called him to be. And so, again, God's providence. God has already worked out a plan for Jonah. Jonah, not understanding the plan, knew one part of the plan was that I've got to get overboard. If y'all want to be safe, this problem's on me. And so they valued life and did not want to harm God's prophet. They're like, nah, now nah, if we can get you the land and we we'll get you off the boat, then God will leave us alone. But Jonah's like, that ain't. You know, as they go on there, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it ain't going to work, y'all. Verse 14. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. So they realized, oh, we tried our gods. Now let's try your God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. So they understood, all right. We about to throw you overboard, but don't put that, that blood on us. So don't count our, his sin against us, oh God. Don't cause his death to be on us. So notice how they pray to all their gods. Now they realize that it's your God that's responsible. Let me talk to the ones who are responsible. Let me help somebody out today. That you try some other stuff, but you need to go to the one who's able to make things change. The one that holds all power. The one that is in control. The creator of everything. Jonah knows God is in control. God has hurled the storm. God has caused the sailors to throw the cargo over the boat. God has caused the sailors to turn to him and praise him in the storm. And Jonah understands that only for the storm to cease is that you got to remove me from this boat. Let me tell somebody out today that there's some storms you are in your life and you can't get rid of the storm until you remove yourself. From where you should not be. Mm, mm, mm. 
And the sailors look for another way, and people look for another way, but sometimes the only way is for you to remove yourself. And then they cried out to the Lord, Jonas, God, oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. Remember, we talked about God's providence. So then the sailors picked him up, verse 15, and Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. Yeah, I want you to catch the, the vivid here. All right. When they picked him up, says the storm was raging. Right? Y'all see that, right? When they picked him up, the wind's blowing, gale, waves are crashing, the waves are rough, the water is, is rough, it's raging. And, and then they threw him into the raging sea. And when he hit the water, look at it, look at it. When he hit the water, the storm stopped at once. That further made the emphatic reasoning that God was responsible, as Jonah said. And would highlight us in our lives that sometimes we're going through some storms in our life that will stop. Mm. And we just remove ourselves and be what God wants us to be. And, and look what happened here. God's provision that God provided something for them. Now, verse 16, we learn something more about these sailors. Uh, they were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. But also we find out simultaneously, verse 17, now the Lord had arranged. Y'all see that they had that word arranged. Of, for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I, 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 I get excited when I just think about the providence of God. That God had a fish already ready. <laughs> and, and so here it is that Jonah is not going where he should be. But God says... I'm going to get you there. <laughs> I, I got you. If you want to continue to trust me and know who I am, and here's the thing, that God is operating on who he is. So Jonah knows who God is. He says, I know you're a loving God. You're slow to get angry. And so Jonah is doing some stuff to get God angry. But also Jonah knows that God is slow to get angry. But also God does deal with this people. And so the storm stopped at once. The sailors offer God a sacrifice and vow to serve him. And God provides a large fish to swallow Jonah. So Jonah did not perish in the water. Y'all, I want you to grab this here. Jonah was not failing in the water. Jonah was not, was not going to drown and die in the water. God provided a fish. To be right there. I, I can just imagine like a cartoon, right? You see Jonah going out, and he gets the water, the storm stops, and whoop, the fish comes up. <laughs> Let's imagine that these sailors seeing this action, that they went from clear sails to a, a rapid storm to calm waters, and a large fish swallowing the prophet of God. Let us look again at Jonah. Jonah's going through these issues simply because of disobedience. Simply because he did not trust in God. Simply because he was not willing to do what God called him to do. Simply because he didn't want to serve those who did not 
uh, agree with him and his principalities that he did not like Nineveh, so therefore he did not want God to like them. He didn't want God to have compassion to him. He didn't want God to bless them and show them mercy and grace. But Jonah wants all the mercy and the grace. Jonah wants to do what he wants to do, but he does not want the other people to know God as he knows God. Jonah could be safe on dry land and preaching on his assignment. Instead, he's in the belly of the fish. Instead, the text tells us that he stays here for three days and three nights after causing a storm to rage in his life simply because he's running from God. My question again, I ask, who are you running to? Why are you running from God? Are you facing storms in your life that you realize that you would not be facing if you did what God has called you to do and be what God wants you to be? These are questions that you can answer yourself because you have the answers right there before you. Our, our God speaks to us, guides us, and directs us. There's a beautiful thing about this Holy Spirit. When you call on Jesus and know him as your personal Lord and say, then you are gifted with, with the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the paraclete, that walks side by you, that advocates on your side, that intercedes on your behalf. And then our conscience lets us know some things we ought to do. When we're not feeling right, and we're not doing the right thing, that's our constant letting us know that you know you need to change. And the Spirit convicts us and guides us and changes. And so don't let a storm come into your life so madly that you are thrown overboard that you got to get in the belly of the fish. Don't wait. Turn to God now. Surrender to him now. Don't run into problems, but run back to Jesus. Run to him right now. And know that in his presence, there's peace. That his love covers a multitude of sins. No greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. And know that God's love never fails. Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you never give up on us. That you never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we ask you to search our hearts right now and show us what has hindered us, what has caused us to run in the wrong direction. Seek out the things that are always fleeting and never satisfying. Show us a God how we might be running into storms uh, that we could avoid by going where you called us to go. Help us, Lord, through your spirit to be more sensitive to your will. That we go where you send us and we say what you have us to say and we do what you call us to do. Father, transform us, renew us, refresh us. And Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ is their Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for their sins and defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. Lord, I pray that you'll help guide them directly to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, teaching the church, uh, that they can continue to grow and be the awesome, mighty children of God you called them to be. Now, Father, bless us, Lord, as we continue to work and serve you. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to grow in your ministry. And Father, keep us as only you can. In Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us online as we continue to worship our God. We pray to give God his tithes and our offering. You're welcome to join us, contribute uh, to the Zion ministry through our website, www.zionbcpeoria.com, where you can give online or also download our app. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. May he keep you until we meet again. Know that Jesus loves you, and so do I.